Welcome to Summer Bays, the unofficial home and away podcast brought to you by Clara Kavna, where I take a weekly look at the trials and the tribulations of Australia's most beloved surfer town, Summer Bay. Each week I do a deep dive into the week's events and discuss dilemmas our characters are remarkably good at finding themselves in, like, could Leah and Justin have done a bit more to stop Susie? Ooh. Or... What the hell is Mac going to do after that t- bombshell from Tani? Get ready to feel closer each day to home and away. Now, just a little reminder before we get going. This is a no spoiler podcast. I'm anti-spoiler in general, in life, in my TV, in my movies, in my music, in anything. I hate finding out what's going to happen. I love being surprised. I suggest to enjoy home and away a bit more. Why don't you just not read the episode descriptions? Why don't you press pause right when the episode ends instead of seeing what happens tomorrow on Home and Away? I swear the drama will be amplified so much you won't see the twists and turns coming and you'll enjoy it so much more. Try for a week and see. Right, so going to kick things off with poor Mackenzie Booth. As if she didn't have a hard enough time, as is, when she's debating whether or not she's keeping the baby, whether or not she's going to tell Ari. Tane comes swanning in with a massive bombshell. So I don't really understand. It's just such an insane way to introduce this piece of plot. Yes, it adds weight to me and Ari getting back together or to their relationship, but it's kind of weird that nobody's ever mentioned it before. Little baby Cody, and just because the Parada's history has been brought up so much in terms of like Ari getting in, he wasn't in a good place, he spirals, then he ends up in jail, and this kind of explains it. But it's also like, why wasn't even just the name Cody brought up? We weren't even drip fed this a tiny bit. And I don't think, like the Pratters have been in the show a good while now. And we've never heard a mention of this little baby or any of the trouble he had with Mia. So now it's kind of amplified me and Ari, or it's taken me and Ari to this new depth where now they've got this massive history And then so his relationship with Mackenzie has kind of paled now, only to be brought back up now by the fact that she's pregnant. So what a spanner for her. I heard the phrase during the week, trying to unscramble an egg. And I kind of feel like that's what Mackenzie's going through right now. How complicated. So I think basically her plan of action should be, I decide whether or not I'm keeping it. If I don't keep it, I don't tell Ari for fear of what it might do to him if he finds out that he's lost another baby. So, oh, heavy bananas there. And especially because, like, oh, yeah, and, like, because Ari's there, like, sitting in hospital. It's definitely not the right time to tell him anyway. And then now, okay, he's sorted everything out with Mia, but, like, what a weird back and forth. I just don't understand Mia's messaging. So she's, like, showing up every day at the hospital. As soon as Ari wakes up, she's like, I can't do this. So, and then she's, like, still mad. 
so she's mad when he's awake, but when he's unconscious, she can't stop crying and thinking about how much she loves him. Like, I just don't get it. And now that they have all this big, massive backstory, it's kind of, you can't really deny their relationship. You kind of have to respect it. I'm just not into it. I just hate when they tear down a relationship and then build one really quickly. They do it all the time. Like, they've done it with Ziggy and Tane after Dean. They're kind of doing it with Dean and Amber after Ziggy. Like, rewind to, like, (laughs) Brax and... After Charlie died, like Ricky rocked up really quickly. Or then there was Justin. And you remember Scarlet Snow? Build up, build up, build up. Then Scarlet Snow like gets back with her ex-husband. And then just completely. So you're all invested. And then it's like, no, no, that's not happening anymore. Another prime example is way back when Jasmine was hooking up with Colby. And then... There was like this massive build up and then they were like, oh, actually, no, we're just going to be friends who've just hooked up a few times. It's made us closer. And then Jasmine ends up falling in love with Robbo really quickly. And then that got really serious. So that's what I never bought Jasmine and Robbo. I just thought it was a bit like, oh, this all just happened too fast. I don't know. I'm slow to like people, I suppose, or I suppose I'm like slow to like couples. But I just hate when they do that. It's really annoying because then you get really invested in the first couple. It's swooshed away from you. And then you're like, shove this new relationship down your throat. And then it's like, it's just too rushed. It's like the writers like change their mind. But it just seems to happen a lot. And that's what's happening here. And then on top of everything, Mia's like, well, I can't be with you because it's too dangerous. But like, I can't stop being by your side. Like, it just... None of it makes any sense. But I suppose, like, Larry's pretty committed to changing and, you know, he'll do whatever it takes to get me back and telling her, like, oh, we've too much to lose now, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, I suppose... I suppose I just have to get used to Mia sticking around. Because, like, oh, Chloe finding out and then trying to pretend that she was mad. And then being like, oh, calling her mum's bluff, being like, oh, I guess we're staying here now. As if they were leaving. Like, come on. Yeah, right. And before we move on to Chloe, so they kind of swept away the whole policing issue of Paul and the boys. So one, they've shaved Ari and I think he looks terrible. I really hate it. It's like they do that all the time. Anytime somebody goes in for surgery, they get a haircut or get a clean shaven. I think it's terrible. Two, didn't Ari have brain surgery? So... I understand, yes, he's allowed of his broken ribs and his punctured lung. And but what about his head? Like, there's, they're not really focusing on the fact that he might have lost all his motor skills like two episodes ago. Lol. And three. So the Pradas have agreed to like cooperate with the cops, and the, but the cops aren't pressing charges. But like Tane beat up Paul, and the cops don't, aren't asking any questions about all the about all the deals that they were doing with with the drug dealer fellas or like even the fact that the river boys were involved like the cops aren't even asking for statements i don't know we just they're just like oh it's all over now it's like really that's not all sitting right with me like is it over maybe i'm missing something am i missing something i don't know if if i'm missing a scene let me know at summer base podcast on instagram i would love to know what you think because yeah, I just feel like that was just kind of swooshed away as a storyline. Anyway, it was it was time to move on, but lol. 
But yeah, so Chloe and Ryder, after their back and forth of, oh, she's complicated, but she's worth it. And with some amazing advice from Rue and her rosé. Honestly, rosé is my favourite drink. I'm so happy that it's Rue's too. But yeah, everyone's sticking the roar in. Bella's getting involved. This whole, like, Ryder and, and Chloe faking that they're not getting on. Like, it's such a weird game. And... Of course they were going to get caught. Like it's so obvious. Um, but Nick seems to be really upset that Ryder lied to his face. Yes, it's annoying that they've been messed around. But Nick really took it quite personally. And I know he's protective. They're like siblings or whatever. But it was like, whoa, dude. Like, yeah, you've got Ari to worry about. So hopefully once Ari finds out, this can all be put to bed. And Bella and Chloe and Ryder can, I don't know, skip off into the sunset and I don't need to be dealing with them anymore. Okay, so Dean and Amber. So they finally decided and they've walked into this relationship that I would say is built more on convenience than it is on love. And I just don't know how it can't be a rebound for Dean. Yes, it's handy. You always fancy people who you live with or you spend loads of time with. He's got like a Dyla family. Jai's obviously amazing. It's not to say that Amber's not great. It's not a good match. But this is why we pay Willow the big bucks. Because she is asking all the questions that Dean and Amber won't ask each other. And I just think to be confronted by all those questions is a good thing. You're calling her out in your BS and you're confronting her with her previous behaviours. Amber has used Jai as a pawn countless times and it's destroyed Dean every single time. So how could anyone not think that, that, that Amber would just, would not do that again? So I get that she's like reassured him, but that's only because it's like suiting Amber now. Yes, it's out of convenience because they live together. They've got a kid. They fancy each other. But there's also this, because it's not built on this like deep, deep, dark love (laughs) that I just feel like the foundations aren't as strong, which gives license almost for Amber to just whip away Jai whenever she feels like it. Like it's not too long ago that she just skipped town. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. I do love, though, how how Willow found out when Jai tells them that they share a bed, that Dean and Amber share a bed now. I was like, amazing. Go on, Jai. So good. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just not really feeling the love. Like, is it settling? I don't know. Is that a bit harsh? But anyway, Jai is super cute. And the pressure he is placing on Dean for the surf comp with the posters and Dean with his like glitter aversion, lol. So it seems like Jai's going to get pretty disappointed if the surf comp doesn't happen. But yeah, I just can't help. So obviously Dean is so like in love with, with Jai and getting to know him and everything and wanting to make up for lost time. And he's feeling like... He's trying to be happy and and not thinking that things are too good to be true. But it's like, is he more, that's what I mean by the settling thing. Like, is he more just happy to have his son and Amber's like a happy byproduct? 
or something. Like, it's only like a few weeks ago he's talking about how much he was in love with Ziggy and we've seen his behaviours around Ziggy, whereas with Amber it's quite different. I don't know. I'm not feeling the love. I'm feeling the rebound. <laughs> I was giving away MVPs for the week. <laughs> I think I'd have to give one to Nick. His chat with Bella about the Willow situation was filled with so many home truths. It was packed with emotional honesty. He was able to communicate with her in a way that she was taking on board everything that he said. She wasn't reacting out of like anger. He was calling her on her stuff without being like accusatory. It was actually a work of art. Because, <laughs> like, he brought up the fact that she was willing to leave Colby to go to New Zealand. And if that happened, they'd, like, never see each other again. Kind of like what's happening to him in prison. And that wasn't very loyal of her to just leave without saying goodbye. That was right when he got arrested, I think, wasn't it? And Nick was very good at, like, bringing up facts that, like, well, is it really all Willow's fault? And like, she is your family. You need to try forgive her or like hear what she has to say. And I thought their reunion was really nice. The way Bella was like, I love you, but I hate you. And I can't trust you, but I miss you. It's just such a, like, I don't know, a raw reaction to everything. So, and I'm also glad they brought back up the the case again, where they were like, well, did you go to Rosetta? Did Rosetta come to you? Like, I wasn't listening when you were initially telling telling us. So I thought that was, I liked that added detail. And they were able to hear each other out and Willow saying, I'd do it all again. It felt like the right thing to do. And I regret that I don't have you in my life anymore. So yeah, that was a nice little um, bow tied up, I suppose. Oh, it's probably one of the last ones of the Colby storyline. But yeah, I think Nick's right. I'm glad Bella's given Willow a second chance. So yeah, the future's bright for this Mangrove River gang. Who knew? Who knew? Well, she pulled off the ruse of the century. Ruse of the decade, maybe? (laughs) Century? Well, we're early into the century, so it could have been. Susie, the con artist, worked her magic and was able to rob pretty much everyone in the bay, poison Irene and skip town fairly, fairly easily. And I thought it was artfully done and I what I was really happy was I thought she was just going to disappear but I'm so happy Irene got to confront her I think that I, I just think I would have felt really shortchanged if she just got to like skip town run over her phone and drive off with her convertible and be like la 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 but anyway just to go back a little bit as it was kind of snowballing so Willow is super helpful with this <laughs> with a bit of a cyber search on Susie and finds like Imogen Simmons. And as that was kind of snowballing and Irene was like desperately needing proof before she goes to Lee and Justin, obviously. And like Lee and Justin got, I hate to be Captain Hindsight here, but while Susie was very convincing, Lee and Justin did get a few nudges. Like Irene tells them in the diner about the threatening and the poisoning of John. And yes, they confront her, but I suppose she kind of like articulates her way out of it. But then she tells him again that Susie doesn't exist. And like, would you not be 
kicking yourself that they didn't do more that night because what a feeling that would be like the pit of your stomach would just be turned upside down back to front like $90,000 Oy. like their whole life savings are small business owners it's just awful and I just think like the fallout from this it's going to be huge because there's already loads of confrontation between between Lee and Justin Leah just wants to move on and like go back to work but it's very tetchy Justin's feeling guilty for being so blinkered and not and just so focused on getting the dream house he wasn't really looking at the credentials but like Leah really did go over loads of stuff like I can't believe I suppose they were they were so distracted by like the the clauses in the loan that they didn't think to check out Susie's credentials but I suppose she's just a professional professional con artist speaking of but like so yes she obviously does this for a living but like if she can't (laughs) what does she do with all this money that she takes so she gets 50 grand from John who knows how much from the surf club and then the 90k so she's well over 100 grand there what how does she spend that money if she has to live under all these like false identities like what does she ever get to enjoy her stealings I don't know I don't think so but yeah I think the fallout's going to be pretty huge. And I also think that like, like, because there's so many elements to it. You have John who's now resigned in MIA. Then you have Leah and Justin and like their future is kind of completely dashed. And it's a lot of money to lose. Like it's kind of their like future. It's not like you have insurance on it. So like it's a big test for their relationship. Can they survive it? What does that mean for the surf comp and all those sponsors? Oi. And it doesn't seem like there's any chance of finding her. Like with a, abandoned cars and, and like she could have left the country. You just don't know. So yeah. Yeah. And I think they timed it well because if they let this go on another week, she sh- and because Irene was obviously so good at with her instincts and calling Susie out I don't think it would have lasted much longer so I think it ended at the perfect time but yeah I just really wonder where John is because like he has a lot to answer for and we need to get into the surf club accounts <laughs> John where are you but yeah I really feel for Justin and Leon that pit in your tummy pain oh god Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, so next week's going to be a big one. And also with this Christian phone call with the craniotomy patient dying. So him being called into the review. Let's just put a little note of Benny here. So Lewis tried to murder Ari and then now somebody else has died. Can we join a dot there, please? I know we didn't really see Lewis this week, but he's pretty adamant. He wants nothing but the end of Christian's career, so... I don't know. That's the first thing I thought of when Christian said it. Mm, so I really hope that's not the case because like he thought Ari was going to die and Harry didn't die. How can Lewis be so sure that patients are going to die under Christian's care just to prove this point? Oh, so very excited for that. But that does wrap it up for me this week. If you want to get in touch, 
As mentioned, Summer Bays is on Instagram at Summer Bays Podcast. Hope you have enjoyed this week's episode. If you like what you hear, I would love if you could rate, review and or subscribe to this podcast with zero pressure. G'day and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.